February is African American History Month, a time when we reflect on the many ways Black Americans have shaped our nation and culture. Food and food cultivation is an integral part of that history. It's a story of survival and resourcefulness that continues to this day. Venus Williams is the executive director of Alice's Garden and the Fondy Food Center, and she's our regular dig-in contributor. She joins me now to talk about that history and how you can plant your own African-American heritage garden. Venus, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on Lake Effect. It is always wonderful to be able to share with you. So what we're talking about this month is planting an African-American heritage garden. But to get to what that is, uh, we really need to talk about why these kinds of heritage gardens and African-American heritage garden is so important. So what are the origins of this kind of garden? The origins of an African-American heritage garden, of course, go back to Africa before many of our ancestors were captured and enslaved and brought to the Americas, we were agrarian people on the continent. We had multiple trades, but in every village, in every community, we cultivated food. And it was our ability to cultivate food in such an incredible way that made it so tempting for those who chose the route of enslavement to capture us and bring us to these lands. But we brought so many traditions related to food and the growing of food and even the cooking of food along with us. Even though food and land was weaponized against us, we still held on to so much of the beauty and the power and understanding that our ability to grow food was one of those things that could never be taken away from us. How were these traditions carried down during the time of enslavement until today? Throughout enslavement, there were three ways that those who were enslaved were fed. One was food was provided. So that was the food that was given to our ancestors by those who had them in bondage. That tended to be very minimal. You were only going to feed the slaves what you thought was necessary just to get them through. The second way that those who were enslaved nourished themselves was by procuring food. We call it foraging now. You know, what it means to go out into the fields, into the forest, and identify, understand, and bring back what you could nourish yourself on. And then that third way is what leads us to our conversation today, what was produced. So even during the time of enslavement, many of those on plantations still um, had the ability, and in many places, the space, to cultivate their own food. We continued to become free and even through sharecropping, we were able to pass down the legacy and the traditions of cultivating your own food, nourishing yourself um, throughout our families. So as people are looking to make an African-American heritage garden of their own, what are the things that you would include in that space? 
It is a rare moment if you step into someone's garden who is African-American and they don't have collard greens. Um, you will find mustard greens and cabbage and turnips. So those leafy greens are very important to us and a part of our cultural gardens. Tomatoes, we often think of tomatoes as the South American staple. It was really the Africans who really started cultivating tomatoes in this country. Beefsteak tomatoes, for whatever reason, <laughs> is a tomato that many African-American families will have in their garden. But there's another tomato that is really important as we talk about African-American heritage gardens. And this is one of the seeds that you can find from Sista Seeds, S-I-S-T-A-H Seeds, that is so culturally relevant. And it's called Aunt Lou's Underground Railroad Tomato. Every seed has a story. And when we are able to hang on to those stories, we're able to hang on to those legacies and these members of our ancestral lines um, are not forgotten. This is a seed, a tomato seed that is traced back to the mid 19th century coming from Kentucky with an unnamed freedom seeker. And he landed in Riley, Ohio, and passed this seed on to a white woman named Aunt Lou. And the story goes on and on and on and deserves a show of itself. So the Aunt Lou's Underground Railroad tomato is one of those that I encourage people to put into their heritage garden. Another such crop that has a story that goes along with it is the fish pepper. The fish pepper is one that has been handed down and is traced back to a Black painter named Horace Pippin. And during World, I can say that, World War One, um, Horace Pippin was very much injured and developed severe arthritis. He read somewhere that bee stings help with arthritis. Now, we're, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging that to go out and get stung by bees. However, he found a beekeeper who would allow him to be stung by bees. And in exchange, he would give him a number of different seeds for the beekeeper's garden. It was just in 1995 when that beekeeper's grandson, actually, William Weaver, found the fish pepper seed and brought it back into circulation. So heirloom seeds and heirlooms we know are seeds that have been handed down. Um, so this fish pepper heirloom seed is also one that I recommend because it was grown um, throughout our ancestry, generation to generation for at least 150 years. Um, other things that you will always find in an African-American heritage garden are different varieties of green beans, and of course, black-eyed peas, also known as cow peas or field peas, crowder peas. Planting black-eyed peas is one of those things that we do um, in honor of everyone who came before us. Now, you mentioned one of the companies uh, that you can get some of these seeds from, Sista Seeds. Are there any other places you would suggest people check out if they're, you know, really hoping to cultivate this kind of garden from seed, from the start? 
Yes. So Sister Seeds, which is owned by Amira Mitchell out of Pennsylvania, is a wonderful source and one of those newer seed companies. There's also True Love Seeds and True Love Seeds has a diaspora collection and all of those seeds are provided by a Black farmer collective. So the seeds come from all over the country. They come to True Love Seeds and they're distributed there. Some of my favorites from True Love Seeds are okra. So they have a white velvet okra that I just started planting last year in my home garden that I really like. We know that speckled brown butter beans are another one of those cultural African-American heritage crops. And then I would also say eggplant. We don't think about eggplant as an African staple, but it really is. And they have a Nigerian garden eggplant, and it's called Nigerian garden egg. That is also quite wonderful. Another company is the Seedstead. So like the homestead, but it's the Seedstead. And they're out of Colorado. They have an African heirloom collection that has some very wonderful and some of um, some unique seeds that I have not seen anywhere, such as the bambora nut, which is actually a bean, and it's considered one of Africa's lost crops. It's also known as the Congo goober or the earth pea. And anyone who knows the word goober understands that as part of the dialect of gullifold goober. Gooberhead was one of those things that I heard throughout my childhood, which really means peanut. So this legume is known as the seed that satisfies because it produces so many beans. So we can cultivate all different kinds of beans and peas, collard greens, it is even a more powerful thing to do them with heirloom seeds and to learn about the countries, to learn about some of the history that was stolen from us and reclaim it as our own. For sure. And what better month to really start to get into this than February? Uh, now, looking at this month, as with every month, uh, I know you've been reading quite a bit. What is your book recommendation for the month of February? If you really want to understand some of the African and African-American garden legacy, I recommend African-American Gardens and Yards in the Rural South by Richard Westmacott. This is a book that I have owned for decades and that I just pull out and glance through, learn from. I can reread, 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 and find something that I've always missed over time. But this is one of those that's near and dear to my heart and connects me to everyone in the Americas who survived, who did more than survive, who thrived so that I am able to be here and other people who look like me can live into the dreams that our ancestors had for us. Well, Venus, thank you as always for joining us here on Lake Effect, sharing your work. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what spring brings. Yes, yes. I look forward to maybe we'll be in the garden in March. Venus Williams is the executive director of Alice's Garden and the Fondy Food Center. Every month, she joins us to talk about all things gardening and healthy foods in a series we call Dig In. You can find our previous conversations at wuwm.com.